show, we're going to talk more about gardening. I know it's a little early, folks. It's just middle February, but it's right around the corner. And this is first when I get my most listeners, number one. Number two, I'm still a big promoter of organic, natural foods, and, and I want to promote that at every opportunity. So does it really matter if you use organic versus synthetic fertilizers? I get asked that all the time. The benefit of using organic fertilizer is that the plant can only uptake the nutrients it can use at the current time and no more. Whereas with synthetic fertilizers, if too much is applied to the plant, then it can burn the plant's roots and leaves and it can also even kill the plant. Also, synthetic fertilizers make a plant become addicted literally to the chemicals. They require them. They're much like a drug addict. <laughs> the plant wants more and more of the chemicals to thrive, to produce bigger fruits and vegetables. Then those synthetic fertilizers go into the, the first, the fruit you're eating. Secondly, into the waterways and the runoffs and end up in our creeks and rivers. And it's kind of a vicious cycle. So we're going to talk a bit about organic fertilizer. How do you know if what you're buying is an organic or a synthetic fertilizer? Well, Looking at the bag of fertilizer, you will need to read what nutrients are in that particular package. If it says anything like 10, 10, 10, or 10, 15, 10, then you already know right automatically it's synthetic or chemically made. That's not, that's not a Mother Nature product. Natural fertilizers don't come in perfect combinations of nutrients, but show numbers more like a 4-12-4 or 13-1-1. I've even had 5-3-5s. These numbers represent the percentage by weight of the N, nitrogen, P, phosphorus, and K, potassium, that are listed in that exact same order. You need to choose an organic fertilizer that's nutrient numbers match the needs of whatever particular plant you're trying to grow. One minute of a little tiny bit of science. Nitrogen is the primary nutrient used by plants, leaves, and pretty much everything above the soil. Remember that, above the soil. Phosphorus helps the plant's roots grow and helps promote flowering and fruit production. That's the NP. K, although it's a P, potassium K, is what helps the plant build up a tolerance to drought, heat, cold, and is most available in the soil when the pH ranges from six to seven is which was where most all of the plants that we grow on a regular basis in our gardens are, prefer that range. Now I'm gonna give you just a real quick short rundown, this won't take any time at all, of the organic fertilizers that if you really wanna stay organic, if you really wanna live with nature, that, that's all you need to grow basically any plant you're gonna grow. So let's start at the top of the list. Number one for me is blood meal, which you can, yes, get at any good organic uh, outlet. It's a 13-1-0, meaning a lot of nitrogen in an all-natural form. It's a great source of nitrogen. It's going to be mixed in with potting soil and added to the soil uh, of established plants. Actually, if you've got a source on a monthly basis, it's perfect. Now for our phosphorus source, let's choose bone meal. 4124. Got it? First number on blood meal, 13, nitrogen. First good number on bone meal, 12 or so. Being a good positive, P, phosphorus. It's an awesome source of phosphorus, as a matter of fact, and really helps the plant 
to grow a healthy root system. Got to have roots, folks. Works great in conjunction, of course, with blood meal. And next on my list is just a really good, thorough, completed compost. Compost adds organic matter that provides food for the beneficial microbes, which in turn increases the amount of water the soil can hold. Compost also contains a number, many micronutrients essential for total health plant growth. Now getting deeper into what we call organics, find a source for earthworm castings or grow your own. Earthworm castings is basically one of the best overall great organic fertilizers you can get in one container. Uh, Vermicompost, look it up. Next, I think it's a little harder to find, but I personally helped to literally gather over a quarter of a million pounds of this eh, 15 years ago, is bat guano. Why? It's, it's, it's an excellent source of phosphorus and an essential organic additive for virtually all vegetable gardens. And yes, it's available, but not as easy to find as it used to be. And if you look for that potassium kick, I didn't quite give you an answer yet, fish emulsion. Fish emulsion is a 245 and has literally a little bit of everything that your plant needs in it. Uh, the old Indian story, remember? I'm sure all of us, they put a fish in every hole that they planted corn in. Believe it or not, that was amazingly a good idea, although I'm not sure of how well they comprehended. All they knew is it grew great corn. Another uh, source that's a little hard to find, but getting more common if you go to a good organic outlet, is alfalfa meal. Now it's a uh, 2.45 to 5 to 1.5. It's not, but here's what it's great at. It's a great fertilizer because it is. It, it encourages and feeds soil microbe activity as much or more than any other green source we can get. Which again, those turn around and make nutrients more readily available to whatever plants you're growing. Another source I like for good nutrient is cottonseed meal. It's a 7.2.2. It's a little bit of everything. Great high percentage of nitrogen. It's the second best source of organic nitrogen after blood meal, if you can't get blood meal. And the good news is, if you need it in our part of the country, we do, cottonseed meal also helps to acidify the soil. Now, I'm going to give you a caveat, because I did some studies when I was with a company called Gardenville. I was their general manager, and we found a few sources of cotton meal that had too much uh, herbicides in it. Be sure and make sure that you get your cottonseed meal from someone that dependently raises cotton meal uh, or cottonseed expressly for fertilizer. If you live like I do, not far from a number of places that raise a lot of poultry, this sounds strange, but feather meal is really, really a great source of most all nutrients, but again, especially nitrogen, which we always seem to need. It is a poultry processing byproduct, but interestingly, which I wouldn't know at first, uh, there's stuff they put in chickens I won't even eat. I only buy an organic chicken to eat, but it doesn't seem to transfer into the feathers. So the feathers become a great source of nitrogen and other nutrients. Good news, even better news in some ways, they break down slower than most. So it, it takes longer, which for a summer gardens and all gardens, a slower, continuous source is not a bad idea. And what I want to bring up here that's hard to find out is, uh, well, soft rock phosphate. Hard rock phosphates are available. And they're a mineral rock. They're an excellent source of, of 
calcium and phosphorus. But remember, rock phosphate itself actually doesn't even break down the first year. You need to look ahead. Rock phosphates become available the majority in the second year, not the first, unless it's getting harder and harder to find. If you can find soft rock phosphate, you should come from Florida, now some's coming from Tennessee. It does have, it's already broken down enough that it gives phosphorus to your plants the first year you add it to your garden. Let me add something to this list a lot of you haven't even thought about. It's called compost tea. I won't give you my whole details with it, but I lived with it. I studied it for 20 years. Go look it up or start to make your own. Just learn the benefits. Compost tea contains higher concentrations of beneficial bacteria, funguses, and microbes than even solid compost does. These microorganisms increase the biodiversity of the soil and boost the defensive mechanisms of your plants against erosions, pests, disease, everything. We're just learning more and more about it all the time. It has an tendency to improve soil's activity and to retain water, literally lowering water requirements for your individual garden plants. It can be applied to and readily absorbed by either plant leaves foliar spray, we call it, or directly on the soil, which makes it one of the most versatile uh, uses other than solid compost and can, you know, can be applied anytime, anywhere. It's an environmentally friendly, sustainable, literally plant food. Unlike synthetic fertilizers, whose chemicals do some good, but certainly do some harm to plant ecosystems, Compost tea doesn't do that. Compost tea is only additive. In essence, you almost can't put on too much of a concentrate of compost tea other than it's wasteful to do it. It is available ready-made. I recommend you make your own. Uh, you need to go to my website or call and write me at natureapproved at yahoo.com. I actually have a booklet that tells you for 30 bucks, it used to be 20 or 25, now it's going up, how to make a compost tea bucket that'll make you, and in a contest with some $8,000 machines, my little $30, and then $25 unit, made as good or better compost tea as the giant thousands of a dollar unit. Very easy to use, very easy to learn how to do, and test it yourself. Do half your garden with it and half without, and you're going to see the difference because it's not a little. It is almost magic uh, and, the, and the truth is I have a friend named Elaine Ingham that really is into this she's at the University of Oregon still I think puts out TV shows and everything you have to look her up and she convinced me I went and did some schooling with her that it adds per volume more I'm going to say positive things to a garden and the soil than any almost any other single thing you can do so go look up, think about compost tea making. You can even buy the own tea bags and you just soak them. I personally think there's nothing better than making your own with aeration, a good source of original, perfect in my case, homemade of my own compost because I knew what was in it. You brew it, you use it. It can't sit around. If it sits and is not aerated, it does have a tendency to go anaerobic. That's not even all bad, I've learned, but... <clears throat> The benefit is, boy, if you make it yourself and use it on, on, in a proper timing, it's, it's kind of, I, I hate to use the word magic, but it really kind of is. 
it's really fascinating what it can do to your plants. So look up compost tea, go to my Dooley's own tea maker, go somewhere. Um, if you have to make, buy a commercial one, you can. But again, even now, you can make my five-gallon bucket, which does a lot of property. It'll do anybody's average size garden on a regular basis. For 30 bucks, you can build this thing. It's very low maintenance. Once you get it going, you check it every few days. You can get fancy. You can get a microscope. Actually count. You can learn what the very good and bad guys are when you look on through your microscope. I did mine at 400 power. And I could get where I was, even Dr. Ingham said, I really knew what the good guys were and what they weren't. If you don't want to go that far, you don't have to. That's not the point. The point is, I find gardening and growing things to eat myself. I do like flowers, but I'm, I'm, I'm grow the healthiest foods I think anybody can eat. And that's, that's what my kind of goal is. So think about it. L look up the, veg the, the organic fertilizers I mentioned, uh, take a look, just get on the computer, almost everybody, I'm sorry if you don't have has a computer, get on there and take a look at the advantages of compost tea. I think you're going to be amazed, and if you haven't heard of it, especially you're going to be amazed. But either way, hey, thanks for taking another 10 or 12 minutes to listen to Organic Matters.